Hi, I'm Greta Oliver. Welcome to the Educate You podcast, your roadmap to learning tips, techniques, and strategies to enable your student to successfully navigate the road to and through higher education. Hello, today's guest on the How Scores Can Open Doors segment of Educate You is Sheba Lowe Brown. Sheba Lowe Brown is the president of A Plus Test Prep and Academic Services in Durham, North Carolina. She and her husband, Vincent, have been providing service to students and their families since 2011 with the belief that customized face-to-face instruction by credentialed professional teachers combined with smart technology results in higher test scores and greater opportunity. Services provided by A-plus test prep include free college and career prep, information about ASVAB, scholarship information, prep for SAT and ACT, financial aid, testing, tutoring, and so much more. Today, she's going to share with us some valuable information about standardized testing and how doing well on the ACT or SAT can open doors to success in higher education. Please join me in welcoming our guest, Sheba Lowe Brown. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Hey, Dr. Oliver, great to see you. You too. I'm so excited for you to tell us the ins and the outs all about standardized testing. Now, I know when I went to college or when a lot of people went to college back in the day, we call it back in the day because we don't want to really tell when, but um, we really didn't uh, do too much test prep at that time. And so, uh, you know, I'm seeing now that that's become like a norm. It should be a norm. And I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that our viewers that, you know, can listen to you and get some tips and ideas about how their student can do better on these tests will realize that this is something that is important for students to do better on their SAT and ACT tests. And so um, what do you tell parents like me? Like if I had a college going child right now and my child had perhaps taken one of the tests, ACT or SAT tests and they had done poorly, what would you what would you tell me? What would be your selling point to tell me uh, about why I should take advantage of test prep services? Well, uh, one, thank you for having us again. We're really excited to be here. Happy New Year, everyone. We tell each family, do what mm-hmm. is best for your child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent and I have four children, and each of them have done a different plan. There is no one-size-fits-all. There mm-hmm. is no take the SAT on this date at this time at, in this semester, you know, take prepare for the ACT on, on this weekend and take it off. There is no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. It's very individual. Um, right now in this age of tests optional, we tell parents, take a look at what your child's academic record is, mm-hmm. what their extracurricular record is, what colleges are on their list, mm-hmm. what their test policies um, what missions are, what are their test policies for scholarship? All of mm-hmm. these things help parents figure out what to do about SAT and ACT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So There's lots of different factors that go into it. Okay, so what kind of, what's the magic? Is there, maybe there's not, maybe, maybe the answer to this is no, but is there like, uh, 
like a magic formula or something that you can offer that would make me as a parent feel like, yes, your services could help my child. It would, you know, I'm, right. I'm yeah. <laughs> I hope you understand it's what I'm saying. It's not a magic formula. It's not a magic formula. But one of the things that we remind families of all the time is that higher scores open doors. Okay. Maybe, for example, at a test optional university or institution, a student may be able to get admitted without submitting test scores. But if mm -hmm. they want to best position themselves to earn scholarships, mm -hmm. test scores can open doors to scholarships. Okay. okay. Test okay. scores can also help a student be more competitive. Let's say that we have three students who have a similar rigor and an academic background, who mm -hmm. have the same or very similar GPA. Mm -hmm. um, and you have a student who submits no test scores, a student who submits excellent test scores. Take those between those two students. Those test scores provide an objective measure that says this 4.0, this 4.2, this 3.8 is indeed legitimate. The student mm -hmm. who doesn't submit that test score doesn't really have an objective measure to say, uh, you know, this GPA means this. Um, I read very well what um, what test scores mean. Mm -hmm. It says one. Um, the advisor said um, submitting test scores means that a student has the potential to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know what a high GPA without test scores means. Okay, a high GPA okay. with test scores kind of underscores where a student is academically. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure how to interpret. A high GPA right. without course. Well, yeah, that definitely makes sense because it depends on the rigor of the high school and Absolutely. what uh, A means at this particular high school or a 4.0 means at this particular high school versus another one. So that makes perfect sense. So I think if, if uh, a student needs to take test optional, it really does also say something about that student. You know, Absolutely. that they're not, maybe they don't want to be said. Uh, I'm not trying to put anybody down if they do go that route, because you, like you said, they really do need to go where um, they have a, be a better fit, where things work for right. them, uh, for their right. individual circumstance. And so right. I'm not saying, you know, that it's a negative not to do that. But like you said, that test score, that credential, does show that the other criteria can be backed up. Right, right. so I hope, uh, yeah, I get that. That definitely Casey, is important. We had a student um, several years ago. Uh, the student you know, earned a particular score on the SAT and mm -hmm. didn't get into, it was an Ivy League university. Uh, she was really disappointed. Mm -hmm. And she ended up attending a different university where her test score was more in line with the scores of students who were admitted to that institution. Yes, yes. Now, she got there, she sold. Mm -hmm. Dean's list every semester. She mm -hmm. ended up applying to graduate school to the university, that Ivy League that mm -hmm. she originally wanted at the very, very beginning. Right, we right. We ended up having a conversation. Your test scores kind of help you end up selecting the institution that really was the best fit for you 
at that point in your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what, really? She said, I would have shown up at University X. She says, you know, not really committed to studying because high right. school had been a breeze for me. I had to right. take all of the most challenging courses in my high school. Mm-hmm. She said, but now having earned my undergraduate degree, I'm mm-hmm. now ready for that next step at this right. university. Right. And, you know, if I hadn't, if I had made that wrong misstep, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of my high school career into the wrong academic institution, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be able to earn my master's and PhD today. Right, there right, right. There you go. And parents say, you know, the SAT, the ACT is keeping my kid out of college. No, it's not. There mm-hmm. is an institution out there for everyone. Right. You want to think about how schools are to reflect fit. And sometimes that's the conversation that families aren't really ready to have or willing to have. Yeah. I think even ready to admit, you know, sometimes, sometimes we're in a, a bit of denial about like where our student is academically or, you know, what they're capable yeah. of. I know as parents, we always want to believe the best and, and, you know, support our students as best we can. But there's also a reality that's going on too, that can show up in the form of GPAs and test scores and things of that nature. So I think that's all important to say. And I, I do appreciate that story because it shows, you know, that her lack of getting into that first university, while that was disappointing, she did end up where she needed to be. And that's what the important thing is. That is what Absolutely. the important thing is. We Absolutely. talk about a fit a lot here. We talk about fit and how important that is. And I think sometimes fit can go by the wayside when, you know, when it's, put up against other criteria. For example, if somebody is trying to get a scholarship or trying to get money to go to go to school and they visited two universities and maybe they might fit with one, but they don't get financial aid from that one, mm-hmm. then they may mm-hmm. tend to go to the other one because that's going to be the, the university that's going to help them pay for that education. While it may not be the best university for them, it may not have the best fit for them. And so, you know, to me, and I know it's easier said than done because, you know, like, like you, I have four children too, and they all went through their college going experience as well. And so I know about the college loans and the parent pluses and all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, we're not necessarily here to talk about that today, but I'm just saying that above all else to me, I'd rather have the fit. I'd rather have the fit and have the kid work out some other way for finances or whatever else they need to come because they're, I feel like they have a better chance of being successful, a better chance of persisting through that university if they have that fit. And so that's just my, I'm on a soapbox, soapbox right now. I'm getting, I'm getting more ready to get off of it. Saying, there's more to it than just simply say, I want to go here. Yeah, I like right. this thing. There's Absolutely. more to it than that. It's Absolutely. More, it's, it's more to it than that. Um, so there are lots of things to consider. Lots of things to consider. And the earlier, and I know you point this out in your in your workbook, the earlier mm-hmm. a family starts thinking about this, the better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I'm not saying, hey, the minute Johnny popped out of the womb, it's time to, you know, <laughs> dangle the yeah. college banner in his face. Right, right. But it, mm-hmm. it's a conversation that you want to cultivate early. Yes. yes, absolutely. And even, you know, the, the prep for the test, 
you know, um, you know, that needs to start early. You shouldn't show up in a at a testing site. You know, I want to say cold turkey almost because that's what it was. But you know, for me, what many students do. What mm -hmm. we find is that many high achieving students come to us, and mm -hmm. the first thing that they want to the, the, they want to proper is I have a four point oh. Okay. So what? Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm taking AP calculus. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm smart. Oh, okay. I know that. But mm -hmm. let's let. Then they take their their test, SAT or ACT, as you said, mm -hmm. cold turkey. Yeah. And they score back, and it's wait a minute. Wait, right. wait a minute. Wait a minute. This mm -hmm. doesn't look like what I know that I can do. Okay. Right. Let's mm -hmm. back up and have a conversation about really being the best prepared. In all right. honesty, I mean, a lot of students who. They are earning awesome grades in high school and they're mm -hmm. not working very hard. They're maybe putting in 50, 60, 70% effort. And mm -hmm. they think that 50, 60, 70% effort just fly by the seat of your pants on the mm -hmm. test. I'm going to show up and knock right. this thing out. Right. Not the way it works. Especially students who haven't taken advantage of, you see, I'm sitting in front of, of my bookshelves here. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really where the magic is, is the reading. Students mm -hmm. who are readers, right? I mean, readers from the beginning until now. Yes, yes. Read, students who parents read to them, students yes. who read books and magazines and articles and things on their own, mm -hmm. not just students. These are the students who really come in with the firmest foundation for mm -hmm. earning excellent mm -hmm. schools. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. We can help any student. We can meet any student where they are. But let's mm -hmm. understand that a student who comes in with that firm foundation in reading, mm -hmm. access to all kinds of texts, mm -hmm. it's easier to help that student go further down the road than mm -hmm. it is to help the student who never reads anything except what the teachers assign and right. then only right. enough to make the grade that they just want to earn. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. It, I thought it was just me, <laughs> but yeah. to me, read like they say, reading is fundamental. It really is. If yeah. you can, if you can master that at the early age, and yes. if you can develop a love for reading just because you want to read, so many opportunities, avenues, so much information you can get from just reading books. Just reading, but it is when so you're not important to learn anything. When yes, just for enjoyment. Anything, but you're learning. But you're learning. Yes, your brain you is taking in so much about Absolutely. sentence structure and yes. words and concepts yes. and the way ideas are framed. Mm -hmm. It's so much that you're taking in without yes. trying to learn anything. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. And that's a tip for our parents, too. If we have, uh, especially, you know, if we can catch them early, like we said, and maybe your child is not necessarily, the, you know, reading for enjoyment. They're basically doing the bare minimum, uh, reading what the teacher says, maybe. Um, you know, maybe if you can instill some kind of, you know, reading into their lives, you know, maybe you're a little late. Maybe you didn't read to them as a child. But you can always, you know, encourage them to read more because it will help them in the long run anyway. Yes. And so also yes. some of the things, you know, just even, you know, being able to get context clues and things from reading, things of that nature. Those yes. things are so important. 
And so I'm I'm just so happy that you brought that up as well. Right. Now I want to ask you that, something that also addresses the whole reading aspect, addresses mm -hmm. what we hear too often from families when they say, well, my child doesn't test well. Right. But and it's it's interesting that so many times parents will say that, but they're waving that 4.0. Right. right. One of my so and how are they? Child doesn't test well. Right. How, how is, is that, that happening? Right. How is that happening? Because students are taking tests of some kind. Right. I know exactly. I've been out of high school for a minute, but uh, mm. like I said, I know I you know that. <laughs> I know I know that. Right. I know so you know that. It's not that they mm -hmm. don't test well, but mm -hmm. perhaps they're not channeling their academic strengths in the way that they should and mm -hmm. could mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. this exam. Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. They can do well. They can do well. And so you that's know, the kind um, of stuff that you help with. A bias. Mm -hmm. They keep my kids out of school. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. The tests are biased against they people are? who don't read. And guess what? They've people always been biased. They've always people been biased. Do not read. Right. Mm -hmm. the student, Absolutely. I mean, the student who, again, comes in with that strong foundation in reading and mm -hmm. just reading for enjoyment, mm -hmm. they will make mm -hmm. a difference. Great, great. So I'm. That's. This is just such an interesting. I wish I had talked to you uh, a long time ago. And I also wish that I had prepared for my standardized test. Like I said, I did not. And and the thing is, I didn't even know to. I didn't know any better. And right. so now we do know better. So there's really mm -hmm. no excuse. There's honestly no excuse. So parents. You need right. to help your student, guide your student, preparing for their standardized test. Right. Period. And it's it's an it's an investment. Yes. Um, yes. You know, we Vincent and I have very conscious conversations about pricing. You know, mm -hmm. in this industry, because mm -hmm. there are tutors and test prep courses that are mm -hmm. exorbitantly priced, right? Well above what we charge. Right. You know, what? Our course costs less than a, um, a new video gaming system and controllers and a couple right. of games. It right. Less than that. A mm -hmm. couple of pair of old boots. Right, um, right. Mm -hmm. I, it, it, it's very affordable. It's not free, although we do a lot of free courses. And that's mm -hmm. a great place to do a lot of free classes. Just mm -hmm. kind of get, give parents that foundation, that firm footing to say, this is the direction in which I think our my family, my children need to go. But right. it's an investment toward right. something bigger on that end. Um, right. Our top scholarship earner, a young lady out of Apex, she had over four million dollars in scholarship Ooh. offers from forty-five oh different. Gosh. In her family, the investment was our our standard ACT course. I mean, okay. she scored out of the park on the exam, mm -hmm. and those scores opened doors for her to access college scholarships wow so the investment, there was a return on that investment yes that's, that's definitely one think about it Absolutely. yes i think students should you know prepare i think parents should encourage that and be willing to make that investment because you're talking about the rest of someone's life you're talking about you know even education itself and with me and this mission to get this information out to everybody about how important higher education is and if you have a student that wants that you know and we know college isn't for everybody it's not but if your child 
if your student, if somebody you care about wants that, you ought to be able and willing to do everything you can humanly possible without breaking the law (laughs) and try to (laughs) and try to help and support that student along the way. And so your test prep is part of that. It's part of the larger picture. Families who, um, you know, I, I know a fair number of families whose children are participating in AAU, travel, mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. of all kinds. These mm-hmm. families pay oh, yes. thousands of dollars oh, yes. for their children to participate in these sports teams, travel mm-hmm. around the country. Mm-hmm. And whenever you ask parents, what's the end game here? Is it just recreation or right, is there right, something right. else? And right. they always say, well, no, I'm looking for my son or daughter. I'm looking for my student to possibly earn a scholarship to college. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're investing how much time, how right. much money right. in these activities, participating and in investment in, say, a test prep course, in which, right. which may result in scores that will also help make that yes. college application shine. It's the same kind of investment. Yes, it's the it same is. Kind of and they need to see it in the same way. And in fact, it's probably less of an investment if you want to count up all the years that you're trying to get them to a, a, to a point where somebody would even be scouting them or even care about them as far as, you know, recruiting them to a university. So it's a, it's, it's a decision that needs to be made. And I think that is well worth the investment. And so what about the two tests is... Do the two tests um, test similarly, or is one test better than the other for certain kind of people? You know, what's the difference between the SAT and the ACT as far as you know? They're scored very differently. Highest score on the ACT is a 36. Highest score on the SAT is a 1600. Mm-hmm. On the ACT, there are four timed portions, English, math, reading, and science. Each of those individual sections, the highest score possible is a 36. And then the ACT will take the average of those four sections. And that is your, what they call the composite score. Right, Um, right. The SAT is a little bit different. The SAT has um, four time sections as well. There's reading, there's English, there's a math with calculator and a math without calculator. So Mm -hmm. there are actually on the SAT two very different kind of math sections that okay. comprise that 800 points for math, 800 points for English language and reading. They're scored okay. very differently. Um, they're timed a little bit differently. For example, on the ACT for reading, there are four passages. One is not, one is fiction. The other three are nonfiction texts, generally um, natural science, social science, and humanities. On the SAT, there are five passages. One literature, two social studies, and two natural science. Mm-hmm. Um, charts and graphs included on the SAT reading. SAT reading is 65 minutes long mm-hmm. as opposed to 35 minutes on the ACT. Okay. So a student kind of needs to get in enough what we call reps or practice so they get used to the timing of the exams. Yes. yes. Um, Mm-hmm. For both, no matter which you take, and we're always amazed, parents will say, oh, but my student didn't score well on X. I think they should take Y. And I'll say, well, how many books has your student read outside of school assignments in the last six months? And they'll say, well, not very many. 
Mm -hmm. Both tests are going to prove equally to be a challenge because mm -hmm. they're both very grounded in critical reading, mm -hmm. reading of fiction and nonfiction texts. Mm -hmm. um, for math, for example, a student has to be very well grounded in algebra and geometry. Mm -hmm. um, for many of our high, high achieving students, we find that algebra and geometry were a few semesters ago. Yes. So they may be a little bit rusty mm -hmm. on the core math principles and concepts mm -hmm. that they need to earn um, those higher level scores on the okay. exam. Once mm -hmm. we have a parent to say, well, I don't understand. My son is in calculus right now. Right. Why is it there the calculus on, say, the ACT? The purpose of the exam is for the student to demonstrate that he or she is ready for that next level college math. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some students are going to be like me. They're going to get to the university. They're going to take those entry level math requirements and they'll never take math again. You because their major is English or yes. psychology. Yes. Or, or you know, something of that nature. Yes. If I'm an engineering major, any math beyond that basic freshman level intro course, the mm -hmm. university will give it to me. Yes. And they I, what they want to see on the SAT and the ACT is that you have a firm foundation in the core concepts. And then that that indicates that you have something to build on and okay. take those higher level courses in college. Makes sense. And you know what? I never knew a bit of that information. So that was all new to me as well. And right. that is exactly why parents need to know this right. and, you know, going in and why they need to take advantage of, you know, whatever test works best. You can kind of look at what the test is comprised of, what your mm -hmm. student, how your student performs in those mm -hmm. particular subjects. And then decide what test would probably work better for your student, you know, but not knowing that information, who knows that besides Sheba Brown and Vincent Brown? Who knows that? One of the things that we do yeah. for parents is they'll bring us, you know, mm -hmm. here are my student ACT scores, here are mm -hmm. their pre-ACT, their PSAT, their yes. SAT scores. Yes. Give us some insight into what seems to be going well here. Yes, yes. What recommendations can you make going forward? Yes. I, I can think of this student um, maybe about three years ago. He came to me. He said, Ms. Brown, I have a 1,200 on the SAT. Mm -hmm. I would like to earn 100 more points in reading, 100 mm -hmm. more points in math. That's a okay. 200 point increase. He said, I'm looking to get at least a 1,400. Okay. He said, can I do that? You absolutely can. I said, you mm -hmm. do understand that 200 point increase is possible, but it's work. And he said, yeah, I'm willing to do it. Let's do it. So 10 minutes into our first tutoring session, I stopped him. I said, I'm picking up on a couple of things here. Have you ever considered taking the ACT? He said, oh, Miss Brown, I already did. I said, okay, great. I said, what was your score? He said, I'm embarrassed to tell you. I said, well, how, just tell me the score. Let's talk about what went well and what you didn't think went so well. And if we decide that ACT is not a good fit, we'll move forward and not think any more about it. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, I said the highest score on the ACT is a 36. His score was a 33. Oh, Lord. He didn't understand he that. He was embarrassed. But he's thinking, he's thinking of a 33S compared to, say, out of a 1600, the way the yes. ACT was yes. scored. 
He wasn't even thinking that. No, 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 no. You're very close. 33 out of 36, Fran. You are in the upper echelon of scores. You know, yes. you look at the college list. And you're already you're already beating the average for the schools that you're interested in. I said, let's capitalize on this. Let's let's pump our brakes. Let's prepare for the ACT and build on what we know you're already knocking out of the park. Let's build on that fabulous ACT score. Get that up another point or two and forget the SAT already. Yes, yes. we We can pull your score up another point or two on the ACT in half the time and with half the effort. Then yes. you would need to get a hundred more points from the SAT. Yeah, I mean, it was all in. I mean, you could see that I told him that's a killer ACT score. You don't need to work so hard for the SAT anymore. He just right. it was a weight off his shoulders. Yeah, I'm sure it was. The the challenge was to get his parents to buy in. You know, many many parents who grew up as I did, you know that you know the SAT. If right. you grew up on the East Coast, SAT is what you know. Yeah, college boy out of Jersey. If you're exactly. from the Midwest, the mess or, or West, you know a whole lot about the ACT. Mm-hmm. So, in ACT and SAT are equally accepted at all colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. So, once we got the parents to understand that, hey, he doesn't need test scores for both. We no student needs scores for both. You yes. just need one really good one. Yes. Yes. One Absolutely. Really good one. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that was a that was a, a weight off his shoulders, and then he was able to reallocate lots of time that he would have spent trying to pull that SAT up, score up two hundred more points. Mm-hmm. He can reallocate that time to working on the application essay or researching right. scholarships. We can reallocate that time to other parts of the process that are just as valuable. If yes. Yes. Absolutely. So we're finding out today a lot of good information. A lot of it's new to me, and uh, it should be. I'm not an ACT, SAT expert. That's why I'm talking to you. Thank All you right. so much for, for this information. So what we the bottom line to this is students can improve on their scores. They have to buy into it. So part of it is their parent, the parental buy-in as well. Uh, that this particular investment is a very, very good one for parents to be considering uh, when they are, you know, thinking about their child going to school. The earlier that the child starts, the better. Uh, We can definitely agree on that. And that the test, you know, that the ACT or SAT, the way the test is made up uh, should be examine as well as how your child functions best mm-hmm. to determine which one might be, be a better fit for them as far as being able to get a higher score and that those scores do open doors to scholarship opportunities and it's also a way of distinguishing between uh credentials or people's credentials when you're in a test optional situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. How did I do for uh you, you, you recap that Dr. Oliver? You recap that while you were on point with all well, of that. Well good. All of that. <laughs> good. You talk about all of that, I don't remember. Oh we God. really that, did that talk about all of that. Perfect. But we every single bit of what we talked about was so valuable. I am so glad to have you on my side and in my corner as far as this Thank is you. concerned. You know, just 
do what you need to do as a parent. You're saying you want to help your student, support your student, make the investment, spend the time, uh, encourage them to read as early as you can, you know, read to them if they're, if they're young enough, you know, start it off right. You know, I know, I know in my family, you know, I'm a big reader, believe me. I don't think anybody reads more than I do. I promise you I do. I have three libraries in my house. So, and I like hardback books. I don't even really like reading, you know, eBooks or anything like that. I want books that right. I can touch. Yeah, little book you know, I love books. I have always loved books. And we, you know, I tried to put that, you know, instill that in my family from an early age. I read to my kids. We had, you know, library visits where they would come with armfuls of books home from the library and then they would just sit and read. So, I mean, I'm talking about reading. So I'm all about reading and to know that this is very beneficial and has been, uh, you know, and, you know, to their future. I feel like if you can be a good reader, you can pretty much figure out anything. You can master anything. It's the key. Yes. It's the key. Yes. Yes. And so I'm glad to see somebody else say it. Like I said, you saying it kind of co-signing what I've said my whole life. Uh, you know, it's oh, just, it's that important and it's vital to success. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Dr. Oliver. And um, if you have questions about um, courses or um, free introductory classes, our website is A plus higher scores. Um, okay. A-P-L-U-S, spell that out, higherscores.com. And okay. reach out to us anytime. Families, we be definitely um, willing to, to help you in any capacity that we can. What we find is that the more families know, the more information mm -hmm. that they have, uh, mm -hmm. the better informed decisions that we can make together as a family. Um, yes. so thank you, Dr. Oliver. Oh, you're certainly that. welcome. Thank you for joining us today on Educate You. If you wish, you can send me your questions or comments about the college going process or the podcast content by sending an email to drgreta at gretaoliverconsulting.com. Also, beginning each week after the podcast airs, check for a companion blog on my website's blog page at gretaoliverconsulting.com. My book, College Roadmap, Essential Tips for First-Time College Students and Their Families, is available for sale on amazon.com. Join us next week for another tip or strategy to make the road to higher education easier for your student.